Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks podcast. It is episode 144 here in here in the Frog Snacks time, and mm-hmm. uh, I am Snacks, joined with me as always by my co-host Frog. Um, so, so today we had uh, we we had a pretty we have a pretty open topic that we want to get get going on, and, and I think this is something that uh, when when Frog had. Uh, approached me with this and suggested this is a topic, uh, which is, should you get games on release day anymore? Or what is the current argument for getting games on release, uh, in this, in the current year, right? The year of our Lord, 2018. Yes. Uh, I said, I said, you know, this is something that probably has been, uh, uh, this is, this is, I think this is a discussion that's happening that one isn't happening and two we're pretty late on. I think that it's increasingly becoming obvious that there is a growing argument for waiting to buy a game. And I think that it's this discussion, if it had taken place previously, it had taken a different form. Um, but I think that this is the first time I had ever seen anything written down or, or talked about explicitly asking the question, is it worth getting a game on release day? I think what happens right now is that the the topic comes up around pretty much every major game release because you have the people who are like, I'm hype, I'm getting this immediately injected into my veins mm-hmm. versus the people who are like, eh, I'll wait for whatever suite of reasons, some of which are haterific, many of which are actually valid, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think I either have seen the conversation, like, held, generally speaking, like we're about to do, you know what I mean? Like, generally speaking, you know, what the strategy is, and is that wise or is it not? I mean, at the end of the day, this is a video game, so do whatever you want. But, um... <laughs> well, episode right, over. Do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, this is not like shopping for food. So, right. if you don't get a game on release, you're not going to die. Right. But... There is arguments on both sides, and uh, we should probably explore because part of the reason why I approach you with this is that I find myself more and more on the side of the waiters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's get let's uh, let's delve. In fact, let me set the table a little bit because I'll talk about the game that led me to even want to have this discussion. Yeah, which that's what is, I was going to bring up. Yeah, which is Final Fantasy Fifteen. Mm-hmm. So, for those that have not been following Frog Snacks lore, one, shame on you. Two, here's the summation. Uh, as, as of 2015, I am in PC land pretty much exclusively. It's me and my PC and my Nintendo Switch. That's, that's current gaming for Frog right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, for 90, well, maybe not 90, but like 85% of releases, this is perfectly just fine. Uh, but there are some minor drawbacks right which is that there's a couple games that have not made the jump to pc cough cough persona cough cough yakuza cough cough but most other games usually do but there are a couple others that come through on a delay uh ff15 being one such example right Mm -hmm. this is nothing new particularly for japanese developers usually the pc version is uh the last priority 
and is done well after the console versions are out in the wild and everybody's happy and da 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 da. Historically, you know, having to wait is like fuck. You know what I mean? Like we got the short end of the stick. Everybody will played the game and moved on. Da 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 da. Right. Which to a certain degree is true. But what I have found with FF15 is that a few things have happened. One, we're in an environment with so many more games now than ever before. Uh, if I really was serious about trying to clear my backlog, I would be doing it for the next six years without buying a new game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't have a pressing... Like, not having that game in my life is not going to, you know, leave a giant hole in my soul because there's already a bunch of other classics, you know, in queue. Some I'm playing, some that are even in queue, haven't even been bought or touched yet, uh, that are waiting for me, that I do have access to, you know what I mean? Yes. So there's that. But more importantly, and I think this is where the meat and potatoes of our discussion will be, games change now. Yeah. So when 15 dropped, of course, those of you listening probably know that it is 15's release. It was the culmination of a 10-year project. Really, the word should be shit show at Square Enix, uh, which started as an FF13 spinoff. Finally, after a lot of tumults, it made it out the door as the next fully proper numbered Final Fantasy game. So, of course, it was a big event. Everybody, like everybody on Twitch, was playing it. Everybody was talking about it. Da 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 da. And the reactions were pretty mixed. But Square then proceeded to continue to build on the game in pretty substantial fashion. Uh, they made a pretty substantial edit to one of the later chapters of the game. They did an entire season pass run of DLC expanding on the story of your party members. Uh, they added a multiplayer component which was the most out-of-left-field thing they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still plans, actually. Um, Hajime Tabata, the director of the game, said he wants to continue adding um, you know, some story DLC episodes to the game even throughout this year, uh, partly in response to fan complaints that the story wasn't fleshed out enough. So he's like, all right, well, let's see if we can do some more. So between all of these updates, you have a lot of people feeling that the game that they played, you know, in December 2015 uh, was kind of like, uh, some people are frankly using the term early access. That to me sounds like haterism, but I can see where it comes from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now when they finally announced the PC version, I mean, of course it was going to be the best version off the jump because they have the ability to uh, come in and optimize the game to run on much better hardware, which they're doing, and they're blowing it out with all the bells and whistles. And it comes with all the DLC, so for the one fifty or sixty dollar package, PC players get everything that console players had to pay extra for. So there's some residual butthurt about that too. But point of all this is to say, me having waited a basically a year and a half by the time the game comes out to play the game actually left me in a net positive for my experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Which led me to think about the overall question, is it really even worth now getting games on release? And I think there's a lot of other dimensions. If FF15 is like, again, the the example that first leapt to mind, but there's a bunch of others we can talk about too. 
Uh, but first, we hear your take. So, I okay, I thought a lot about this, and I think that I still am, for the most part, falling on the get, get the game early on or kind of don't get it at all uh, phase. Not, mm-hmm. not don't get it at all, but like if we'll, we'll use, uh, we'll use a, an upcoming game as an example that I think you can make strong cases for, for both with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about Monster Hunter World. So Monster mm-hmm. Hunter World drops Friday and my body could not be more ready. I, I, right. I am going to basically put myself in like a medically induced coma and then just like... <laughs> in vitro my PS4 into myself while I, while I, while I drift into that, into that night. Right. I'm just so ready for this game, but let's, let's take a few things into consideration here. Right. Yep. The game is, uh, not coming out for PC until fall. Yep. Right. So you are going to wait for it no matter what. Yep. So let's look at, let's look at this game in, in particular, we can we know that it is not coming out with a G rank on launch, right? right? Um, Maybe we, not at all, though. From what I would seem the developers seem to be saying, but right. But we can reasonably expect, given Capcom and given the the, the newfound popularity in the West for this franchise, some type of additional content or additional content between Friday and whatever October of, of this year when it comes out for PC, right? Yep. So let's say you had the option. You don't have the option, but I'm saying like, let's say you did have the option of waiting for the PC release. There is a really good chance uh, that the PC version is going to be a more complete version of the game because it's going to have all of the Capcom added stuff since then as some of type of like compensation for waiting, right? Yep. So here you have a couple of things. One, you you get uh, you basically get a half a year's worth of added content for the same price at launch on PC, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you get a some some would call it a more finished product, but I would just say a more a more polished complete polished product. Um, the other the on the other hand, right? Especially mm. with these with these uh, you know multiplayer first persistent type games, you get you get a, there there is a disadvantage that comes along with this, right? You mm-hmm. get uh, you you basically miss out on the initial wave of people who are trying out the game for the first time. Maybe they never have mm-hmm. 3DS uh, and they're American. So, you know, they've, they've over the past couple of years heard of Monster Hunter, want to give it a shot. I think Capcom's really betting big on this demographic for Monster Hunter. Big World, time. Right? So, 1,000%. So this game could end up looking very, very, very different than the previous titles. And if you wait, six months after that community and that look and that feel has had time to gel, Mm -hmm. you are basically going into a brand new franchise as far as I'm concerned. Right. So I think, I think that the disadvantage to, to this in this specific case Mm -hmm. is two, one, you do not get your feedback does not get taken into account 
game developers now spend a lot of uh, they they really they really take heed to what the players are saying because they can only account for so much on the developer side. Right. And you know they say you know it's even gone so far as to say like Square Enix hears oh chapter thirteen in Final Fantasy fifteen sucks fix it. They fixed an entire chapter. They redid an entire chapter because people were talking about how crappy it was. Right. Yep. So you miss out on this. Now, ostensibly all of these changes are for the better, but if you're not part of that community, it's like, it's like not voting in an election. Essentially the outcome could be beneficial to you, but it might not be. And you, you would never know how much your, you know, your input sways that outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, the formation of a community is um, sometimes the entire game. Now mm-hmm. let's you know now it, uh, our our uh, our favorite our favorite daytime telenovela Eve Online has has <laughs> come has come back into the the gaming media cycle recently uh, mm-hmm. due, to, due to some high profile battles. Uh, but let me put it to you this way. How many people have you do you know have picked up Eve in the last four years? Um, none. Exactly, but Eve has been out. I think since the early two thousands, like two thousand one, something like that. Uh, has it been that long? Yeah, and uh, I'll look it up right now. But the point is, is that we're at the point now where Eve is a, a self sustaining digital microcosm of of like a of like a cross section of gamers and it's become so hard to get into, not because of the game itself. I'm sure given the time you could get into the game, but I mean, there are political structures in place and you getting into Eve and just kind of like trying to get, trying to hit the ground running. You basically have the same shot of like, you know, you have a snowball's chance in hell. You're not going to be able to carve a space into this game easily at all. Now, had you been on, have you had you gotten into Eve early on? And this is an extreme example, I realize. But had you gotten into Eve online early on, you know, this this transition might not have been such a big deal. And at this point, it might even be like part of 2003. Came out 2003. Just looked it up. Mm. So yeah, Damn, it's still it's, a long ass time ago. Oh yeah, it's old. It's older than WoW. Holy crap! I mean, that game is going to be hitting its twentieth birthday not terribly long from now. Yeah. So, so this is this is what I'm this is what I'm I'm saying is that you 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 can get a more complete package, but at what cost? It's like if you're a if you're if you're if you're a cook, right? Hmm. There is a markedly different experience going to a restaurant and getting takeout and making your own food, right? Mm-hmm. You can tinker with that recipe. You can, you know, choose to share that recipe or not. You can you can do with with this what you will because you you were you were partly you might not have grown the tomatoes yourself. But you have made a thing out of it. Right. And it is yours. You have this part ownership of it. And I think that a lot of that can be lost if you if you jump onto a game later, because a lot of the 
a lot of the a lot of the, the the waves, the popularity waves, the new player waves, the redevelopment waves, we're all done without your input. And again, this it's like not voting in an election. The outcome might still benefit you. You might go into Monster Hunter World six months from now and say, all of these changes are great. It doesn't matter what it was like before. This is all awesome. I'm glad I waited. Right? Mm-hmm. But if, but I mean, it, 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 it's it's going to be a much different game than for you or generations. So you're going in and you're and you're basically like meeting a whole bunch of people for the first time. There might be different etiquette rules in regards to hunts. You know, maybe carving a tail mid hunt becomes okay in Monster Hunter World. You know, maybe maybe that becomes an okay thing. Maybe that becomes like this fun side meme, right? Where instead of instead of just flat out bad manners, you know, I, I'm just making things up. But I'm 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 saying that this game is going to have a very different language than its predecessors. And jumping into it late, even though you are a Monster Hunter veteran, I mean, what are you going to miss out on? Uh, possibly quite a bit. Now, with a game like Final Fantasy XV, you reap a lot of the rewards. Because it's it's a single player experience for the for the majority of it, right? Yep. So you get you get the the quality of life increases, but you weren't you know a part of that. Your perspective is different. So you might play the thirteenth chapter and say, "Well, I don't like this very much. I wish it was a little bit more linear," right? Mm-hmm. And there's no way for you to go back and, and play the original version of it. So those are some interesting arguments, but there's two things that I thought as you were speaking. Sure. One is that this entire discussion, I realize, is going to be something that's very, very deeply personal to everybody and their experience. It's also very game to game. It's also very game to game. Very true. And I, I was actually going to bring that up later. Uh, but the other thing is that for me, most of what you mentioned are not minuses, but actually pluses or at least neutral. Okay. So let's, so let's start with the whole idea of like having your input matter, right? Mm -hmm. For a game like F15, I'll actually borrow your election analogy. You say that if I, you know, am not there at launch time, not getting to, uh, have my voice heard in there is like not voting an election. But much like an election, if enough people have a complaint and the developers respond, it doesn't really matter what my input was. They're changing the game regardless. Mm-hmm. Much like if you're participating in an election, you may vote one way or another, but one candidate is going to win and one candidate is going to lose. Right. Uh, that may or may not be to your particular liking, right? Mm-hmm. So to me... I'm not really like, you know, I'm not going to uh, get up in arms about that. The other thing is that, again, this is where it gets to being personal, right? Like, personally, you know me. I take forever to get through a game. Even if I started at launch, i.e. Persona 5, <laughs> there, is, there is no, uh, it's very unlikely that I would, unless it, we're talking about stuff that like is pretty early on in the experience, or pretty endemic to it going through the whole thing, uh, it's pretty unlikely I would even be able to have the conversation 
in earnest about the game until well after most people have been able to complete it and move on, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just me. More things about just me. Like, me being in, you know, what you're describing essentially is first week hype. Uh, and then the things that flow from that, right? Mm-hmm. Typically speaking, what I've learned now is that I actually want to come in after first week hype. Uh, because then I actually have a much more complete idea of what I'm getting into. So you talked about like the fact that an entire new way of playing Monster Hunter may be born with the world. And by waiting eight months or whatever, I'm going to be mad late to the party. Well, first thing is that Monster Hunter never goes out of style. I mean, the reason a lot of people will drop off by then, but fuck them, they weren't going to play anyway. And as you know, we are privy to one of the most hardcore Monster Hunter players in the entire tri-state area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I will have no problem getting into a game when I am ready to do so anyway. You know, Again, but that's personal to me. The other thing is that I think there's a certain amount of benefit to that. Uh, because for a game like Monster Hunter, that means by the time I'm ready to sink my teeth into it, there will be a lot of resources on the internet available. People already have digested the game, and the experts will have their say and say, all right, here is what you got to do when you're doing X, Y, and Z. Oh, okay, now I clearly know that going in, you know? Yeah. Uh, So while I may not be there for the initial... Uh, gold rush of information, uh, I will get the benefit of, you know, all the ideas being kind of set in stone. Like, I missed the research phase, but the peer review phase will probably have happened, and by that point, I'll get the journal. I'm the kind of guy, I'm like, just give me the journal. Because, again, I'm probably not going to be the person that uh, is doing any of the research per se, I'm just on the ground at the same time as the researchers, you know? Right. So, okay, let me let me say this. Sure. Uh, I'm currently playing Final Fantasy XII. Uh, yes. For the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing I'm a little bit more than halfway through. Um, but I am playing the... Uh, Zodiac Age. I am playing the Zodiac Age remaster that came out last summer for PlayStation 4, right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm liking it quite a bit. I'm sure I'll give a more uh, fleshed-out opinion once I've finished it on this podcast, so sit tight. But uh, right now, uh, there this is this is a, a much different experience, right? And a lot of the things that I've looked up uh, I have to find out when it was published because if it was published before a certain date, it's talking about a different game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in this – in okay, for a game like this, I have the benefit of if I were really that curious, I could go find a copy of Final Fantasy XII for PS2, pop into my PS2, which is about seven feet away from me right now. And, and play it and be like, damn, this is this is horrible in comparison. I'm so glad they made all these changes. Wow, and I don't have this benefit of perspective, right? And yeah. but with a game like, let's say, World of Warcraft, right? Yeah. With the ex- with the exception of 
the uh, the 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 nostalgious uh, the nostalgious uh, server that they're going to be running officially. Yep. There is no way for you to know what the game was like prior to the current day, right? Other right. than what you read about online. One of the ongoing issues you have, that, as we've talked about, the game preservation is trying to figure out. Exactly. Now, is this from a player to player standpoint, right? Is this right. really a bad thing? Like, do you need to know what things were like pre Mists of Pandaria? Maybe not. You know, it might be, you might, it, you know, your, your curiosity might be piqued when you find out that at one point there were only. Uh, four races per faction and you had to fucking walk everywhere until level 40 <laughs> and then you didn't have any goddamn money to buy a mount and then you're right. like damn I still gotta walk until I have enough money with my broke ass right like right, right, right. like it was a markedly different experience and it's fun to, it's, it's fun to look at as somebody who lived through it but if you hadn't like I'm not saying that you're really deprived of anything by not having known what it was like before. And I certainly don't want to like age shame anybody if they, if they popped in like post wrath of Lich King or something. And, and the game was, the game had like some, some like genuine quality of life increases. Um, you know, more power to you. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to go through a lot of the crap that people had to go through in, you know, the first like two, two and a half expansions right in order to like just get basic stuff like right. i think that that's fine and and that's great I, I i guess the argument that i'm trying to make is that maybe i am more maybe i am more encumbered by the idea of a lifespan of a game than anything else and right. and maybe that is you know this like innate historian part of me maybe it is this you know uh th- this like this like amateur archivist um you know trait that i've that i've kind of like honed uh in me in in terms of my gaming habit over the past 5 or so years where i i i want to be this you know encyclopedic uh you know tome on what on what games were like at any given point and and have kind of like uh, you know, de- like like devoted my studies of gaming to that end, right, 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 to, to the point where I am literally archiving what I am playing and when I am playing it at the at now in my life. So maybe this is the root of my argument. Um, because I how I, could you not be archiving as you go? <laughs> But it, but but I, I think that you make all good points and and but I think at the end of the day you are just and this is this is genuinely in and outside of gaming uh, you're probably your best trait period as a human is that you are so unencumbered by so many things that genuinely torment a lot of human a lot of humanity and. I think that this is another this is another uh, extension of that, right? You say I have this zen-like patience, right? I am going mm-hmm. to I'm going to wait for a more fleshed out opportunity to play this game. I am going to wait for months even. I am going to be 
uh, frugal with my finances and I am going to be uh, patient with my mind and body and I am going to uh, be rewarded for it. I am not going to have to uh, grind a uh, hundred gold for a shitty level 40 mount that doesn't even go as fast as the level 60 mount. You had to get two different mounts. I don't even know if they still have two mounts anymore, but they had two mounts at two different speeds. Based Back on how, in my based day, on, we had to walk 15 miles to Obermar. Based on how much time and money you had, I mean, I mean, God, what a, what a, what a Randian experience original WoW was. You had to, you know, like, like these people go faster because they have more money and they have more money because they're better at the game. and it's so so like and and i'm not saying that you would have been you know uh like shafted had you played final fantasy 15 at launch i played it at launch it was fine right yeah i don't think i think like i said i think the argument that you were shafted is overblown but yeah and and i and i think that this is this is all part of this you know, because so much of gaming lives on the internet. So, right. uh, it, you know, th- there is this, there is this, you know, hyper reactionary, uh, you know, language that we speak in where, you know, it's, it's everything, everything is, every reaction is like memefied and blown out of proportion where, wherein like even me just describing how badly I want to play uh, Monster Hunter World 20 minutes ago, I said that I was going to put myself in a medically induced coma. God, that's, <laughs> right. that's ridiculous, right? But like, this is this is like the type of thing that would like, you know, this is like the type of sentence that people would, you know, upvote on Reddit, right? This is how we speak as gamers. And so when you get to the point where, you know, this exaggeration is difficult to discern from how one actually feels about a thing, everything requires a footnote because, you know, we're, we're here now saying, okay, well, you know, they changed this, but I paid all of this money and now they fixed it. And, but I already played it and I already paid all of this money. I have been, uh, I, I have been, I've I have, been wrong. I have been, I have been raped by this developer. Right. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and, and so like, I don't know if people online feel as feel as if they have been truly wronged in any in any sense when it comes to this uh for a single player game for a multiplayer game the 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 relationship between player and developer is much more ongoing and much more fruitful and I think, fraught i would add and fraught but but again i think i think really it's it's more fruitful for both parties um because you get to experience this this like living thing uh and 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 then and and therefore appreciate what was changed about it uh had you gone through it from the from the get go i guess i guess what i am uh i guess what i'm i guess what i'm trying to get at in my ultimate argument which is i think it's fine if you get things uh at launch is that especially for multiplayer games it is this like it is this living breathing thing and the most the more time that you spend with it through the through the rough patches in the beginning and through the player drop off you know you and then my last point 
right, which I thought of and forgot about until just this second, is that um, you cannot predict anything. Let's take um, Hob, for example. Mm-hmm. The development team for Hob was was disbanded by its parent company like a month after the game released. Yeah, right after. Yeah, and I think they squeezed in one patch. That was it. The game the game was never touched again. I have, I ended up getting it later on on sale. It went on it went on uh, sale for I think for the winter Steam sale, and I ended up playing it. And I enjoyed it a lot. But there were you know there were some things that definitely could have been patched. You know some small glitches here and there. Nothing game breaking, but you know, something that would have been addressed and would have been fixed, and it, and it wasn't. So I was playing this, like, this like time capsule, kind of, even though I was only playing it, like, eight months after it was released. You know, but you can reasonably expect that after eight months, these things get fixed. So I, 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 guess, I guess what I'm saying is you don't know if you are going to get that benefit or not. You can't say, oh, this game is being released, but they'll probably fix this. They'll probably fix that. Um, the player base will probably still be around. Um, I'm going to go, and this is, this goes back to the game archivist, uh, you know, um, you know, kind of, uh, mentality, not the mentality, the, the, the actual, uh, problems with online game preservation, right? Let's say, let's say a game like Monster Hunter World gets released and this is an extreme example and probably won't happen and, and don't base your decision off of this fear, but let's say, um, let's say something happens to that development team. Let's say uh, something happens to Capcom and they have to shut things down. They can only keep the servers up for a certain amount of time and they cancel the PC release. Now, how do you go back and truly play Monster Hunter if the, sh- if the servers are shut down? Right. You really can't. You know, you, you, you really, really can't. So, you know, uh, if, if, if there are not – if there is not a way to – uh, digitally archive an online experience yet, which again, really there, there isn't any, you know, uh, you know, precedented legal way to do this. Right. Um, you know, I don't think that I'm not trying to fear monger anybody into getting game at, at launch, but this is something that you can't, you truly cannot account for. You don't know, you do not know what is going to happen if you want to play a game. I think that waiting is again. I, I, I extol all the virtues that I see in you as uh, as a patient person who is uh, you know an intellectual. Uh, uh, you know, in comparison to me, a Neanderthal with with no <laughs> stop with with no self control. Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! Um, you know, even still, you know my my kind of um, you know my. Uh, my so, my ego my 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 ego tells me you know get this game right away because you don't know what is going to happen you don't know if the game sucks and the player base just plummets and there's nobody to play with you don't know if the development team can you know is going to disband or if there's going to be some you know unexplained abrupt halt in updates something like that you know this is this is again this is this is just um, this is an, another hyperbolic thing that probably won't happen, but we have seen it happen with other. We games. have seen it happen, so I don't think you can't completely take it out of the equation. And that's the other. That, that was the last thing I wanted to bring that one up last because I thought it was the most ridiculous. <laughs> well, my response to that would be that's actually precisely another reason for me to wait because if if it so turns out 
So I'll give you the single player and multiplayer response. Multiplayer, if it turns out that the game drops and the developer stops supporting it and it becomes a shit show, or there's a massive drop off in players, or da 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 da, da I don't have time for that. Bye. So that com- it gets crossed off the list. In fact, this is a great time to segue into uh, the game that it pretty much that happened with, which was da 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 Destiny Two. Yeah. Game was on my radar. So for those that may not have heard, I don't know if we ever talked about it explicitly on the show. Not really. But um, snack me, snacks, and some other folks separately, more or less. But at we all had a taste of Destiny 1. Vanilla. Like, ultra vanilla. Mm-hmm. Like, when it was the most shit showy of shit shows. Uh, and we all eventually were like, nah. Uh, the game was updated and iterated on it, and they worked on it. And by many accounts, by the end of the Taken King's life, it was pretty good. I didn't care, because by that point, I was like, I don't have time for that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, you know what? If they take what they learn, and they make Destiny 2 a more compelling product out the gate, it's on my radar. I'm not buying it at launch, but it'll be on my radar. Game comes out, PC version comes out months later, uh, by about barely a few weeks after that, the flaming internet rage had already started flaring up. And has continued unabated to this day. And if you read into the details, it is difficult to not be left of the impression that they are basically repeating all of the problems of Destiny 1 all over again. The lack of content, uh, unclear objectives, and... Oh, and the new one, too, which is the Eververse. So they add the fucking microtransaction on controversy into the mix, too. Mm-hmm. So... That was an example of a game that was on the radar and was promptly crossed off the list. I just used two metaphors, but whatever. Uh, It was promptly taken out of consideration because I waited, I saw what was going on, and I said, nah-uh, not for me. Uh, In the example you gave single-player-wise for Hob, right? Um, Again, I would also call that a plus because if the game comes out and... As we saw, Runic was unfortunately shut down for the most part. Uh, and so you know that the game is going to be what it is. You buy, When you buy it, it is as is. That is helpful for me as a consumer. Because now, months later, if I hit the Steam page, you know, there will be people telling me, just so you know, there's some wonky shit in here that's never going to get taken care of because this developer no longer exists. I now have that information before I put my money down. As opposed to what commonly happens is people put their money down get a product it's fucked up and then they have to hold that so why i am very sympathetic and in fact i'm going to give you an example of why i'm sympathetic to the release date argument like the get games on release argument Mm -hmm. but still and have yet to be swayed um because i've thought of all these things before Trust me, yeah. because I'm I'm no more immune to the pull of a of first week hype than anybody else. I've just been around the rodeo enough to know for myself that um, I'm often better served waiting than I am uh, participating in the first week hype, with the, the notable exception of Nintendo games. 
as as they almost always are the exception, right? Uh, but here's here's an example of a time where I think that for me and I'd say for most people, there's a lot more of a a lot closer to an objective uh, for and against argument, and that's with fighting games. Uh, so right now we are just a couple days away from the release of Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh, the most hyped fighting game of the year. Yes, the year's only been three weeks, but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, but the, but no, for real. The hype going to this game's insane. Uh, apparently, Bandai Namco says this is going to be uh, like a major sales milestone for them, uh, and and hopefully also for Arc System Works because they des- they deserve to finally get like a, a game that shines in prime time. Um, but for fighting games, I think there's a very good argument. Um, on both sides, right? So the argument for getting a release date is that you have the time to develop your skills alongside the community. This is a competitive experience as opposed to, you know, Monster Hunter or Destiny's cooperative, right? Yeah. Uh, And this is a game that when people, when fighting games are put out, there's very much, as we said with Monster Hunter, excuse me, a research phase. Yes, uh, but but in the research phase, every every person that plays the game, whether you like it or not, you're kind of in the research phase at that point, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how fighting games are. You kind of have to learn just to just to be able to keep your head above water, uh, and and going through that fire will make you a very good player as time goes on. Like there is a distinct benefit to having been there from the beginning that has nothing to do with what the developer decides to do with the game, right? It just has to do with having more time. You have played the game for longer. You have had access to the tech for longer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Access to the players for longer. Get to, un- get to know more of the players in the player base. Uh, have more experience to go and compete in tournaments. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's the argument for waiting, which essentially is what I was saying before about you can wait until the tech is already developed, go and learn as much as you can, hop in, uh, and you, you you will escape some of... You'll have a more efficient, if you know what you're doing anyway, you have a more efficient climb up the skill ladder because all, all the steps in the ladder will have already been forged for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, I think that's a good argument. I think both are good. I mean, if you, if you for a competitive game... Uh, like, like a fighting game, like there is, uh, there's, there is so much that happens because it is, it is like a a collaborative research effort as well as a competitive thing. Right. And I, and I think that like, if you were to, I, there was something that there was something really, really interesting that I noticed, uh, immediately after the the release of smash four. Right. Um, I picked up Falco immediately Mm -hmm. and I was like, Falco's my man. Let's go. Like, let's do this shit. And I watched Falco's place on the tier list, on the community run tier list, in the first maybe six months of the game's release. Mm-hmm. Go from like mid tier to shit tier to like mid high tier back to shit tier, like all over the place. And there's this. There's this like regression to the mean with every single character that happens where, you know, you get 
they're like, oh, this combo video was released. And then it's like, oh, looks like Falco's broken. And then, like, just shoots up as three tier lists. And then the other thing happened, and it goes, goes and, he, and he just, like, plot, and there's, like, this precipitous decline in how much people are using him. And it goes back up and down, right? And it's constant. And then, you know, but if you look at, like, the tier lists for Melee, I don't think that they've changed in years. That's because Melee is old as hell now. Well, yeah, but that's the point, is that it's old as hell so that these things don't change. There's nothing, not that there's not new things being discovered, but nothing that's like, you know, really wildly, you know, going to influence the The game has been, as you would say, plumbed for its depths pretty well at this point. The game has, we we beat the game. We beat (laughs) Melee. (laughs) <laughs> right. So, well, but, uh, but I'm the saying, five gods beat melee, but yes. But, but I would say that like you're kind of depriving yourself of this of this experience. I, I and and again, this is an intangible, and I can't really fault you for not being a part of it because, as you said, this comes this is very person to person. But I think that that's a really fun thing to be part of. Like, yeah, you can you can show up late to a fighting game and be like, well, I've got I've got my. Uh, I've got my game encyclopedia here. I've got all my YouTube videos and I've got, um, you know, input from friends and, uh, and I've got my stick and I'm ready to, I'm ready to hit the ground run and here I go. And I think that that's fine. And I also think it's fine if you want to be a part of that movement from the beginning and jump in and say, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to see everything that I can do with this character and really hit the lab and, and see what, see what's going on. And here's my input for, you know, the first tier list for this game. And then two weeks later, the whole tier list is just, just stripped down to nothing and then built back up based on all this new information that you were a part of. I think that that's fun. I, I think that that's, that's something that I'm really looking forward to in Monster Hunter World. And I think that if, you want to reap the benefits without being a part of that. I think that that's, that's fine too. And there, there are a lot of benefits and you hash them out. I think, I think, uh, uh, pretty, pretty well, pretty convincingly, I might add. So I, I think that, I think that this, this really is person to person, but I, I, there's, there's a whole part of the gaming games are experiences. And I think that that's part of the experience. And I think that's fun. I think that's what I was trying to, say when I was, uh, you know, talking about, uh, talking about wow and how I imagined the first couple of months of Monster Hunter World to be. Uh, you know, again, I'm not unsympathetic to, the, to that view by any means. Cause for example, like I said, when it comes to Nintendo games, you know, I'm almost always there day one, mm-hmm. uh, including as you recall, when Smash 4 came out and we all, we all got together for midnight shenanigans before realizing we were all old and have to fall asleep. But that was a different... Yeah. <laughs> that was a different scenario. <laughs> but the point being that, yeah, 100%, I am not opposed to the argument. Uh, I think I take a more coldly rational approach to um, to a lot of how I decide to play games now uh, because of time constraint and the volume. There's so much shit now that you really have to sit there and, you know, if you're like us and want to play a good sampling of titles, 
you know, uh, you really have to sit and pick and choose very carefully where you're going to put your time in and when, you know? So even for me, for having to wait for things like Monster Hunter that I perhaps would have put other stuff aside for, I'm, I'm actually in a position now where, like, when games get delayed, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because now I have time to go try and, and deal with the other stuff that I was trying to finish up before mm-hmm. I knew it would get pushed out of the way. Like, for example, when Xenoblade 2 dropped, I was fretting the entire time because I was like, shit, I need to try and finish up Persona. Huh, there was a laughable concept. And before this game comes out and it takes over everything. Uh, spoiler, it didn't really. I'm kind of playing the two of them more or less side by side when I decided to get some RPG time in. But the fear, I think, was well-founded. There was a lot of stuff coming at that time. And if I didn't get my life together, then I easily could have put aside games that I want to finish, you know? Um, and it, this is a real thing. But I will say, again, another game, since you brought up WoW, I'll bring another Blizzard game to this. A game that I did have the, the archivist experience you're talking about. Overwatch. Hmm. The PC I am using to talk to you right now uh, was built, as you know, expressly on the back of hearing that that game was going to be a thing, well before they announced that it would be for console. I do think to myself, would that have changed my... Had they announced it for console from the get-go, would that have changed my calculus for getting a PC? (laughs) Interesting to think about. But anyway, uh, yeah, Overwatch, I was there day one, damn near hour one, (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I've seen, as you said, I've seen the market change of that game from then until now. And it's only been two years, just about. So oh God, the new skins are so good. I have been. I was going to say, I, I guess actually play. I haven't played it since the update yet, but the, uh, the Zarya barbarian skin is the greatest thing ever. And the black cat diva skin is, I think her best one. Yeah, a lot of people have been going berserk about that. Um, but those are great examples, right? All yeah. that stuff was... All these new maps, all these modes, etc., etc. All these things were unthinkable when the game came out. And again, only a mere two years ago. Yeah. So it's, that's been fun to be a part of. You know, Not necessarily for any research purposes, quote-unquote, but just to see how the games evolved how the design philosophies evolved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Though I would say if somebody was coming into it for the first time now, um, they're mostly just reaping the benefits because it's all the stuff that we had to wait for. And that's pretty much how I look at most games. I mean, at least we now have things like YouTube to capture the, and Twitch for that matter, to capture the, the old days as time goes on, you know, uh, but for the most part, when people come into a game, it's it's the new hotness, and it's usually the better for it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I again, I, th- I think that I feel strongly about how I feel, and I think that you've made good uh, points uh, for waiting, uh, very convincing ones, if I'm, I might add. Uh, oh, I'm, I'll add one more for Monster Hunter, actually. Please. Sorry, please. Uh, for Monster Hunter... And some people have the conspiracy theorists have come out and said that this is why the PC version is going to be so late. But um, there's definitely going to be a lot of people who double dip. 
Yeah. So you're going to have a lot of people who are going to play the console version, and then when the superior PC version drops, then they're going to double dip and hit hit the road running again. So I have a feeling there's going to be a pretty robust uh, player base for that game. All the PC people who didn't play at all, plus all the console people who did play and are double dipping, I think is going to be a pretty big player base. Not yeah. to mention once mods start rolling out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried in the slightest about that. Um, but, yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh, that, that was it. I was just um, I was just I was just kind of going to going to wrap up. I think um, I think we've both set our piece as well as we could. Um, what do you think? Do you think uh, do you do, do you think that I, I, I did my best or do you think I just rambled about how i i i'm I'm just i'm just a hype beast (laughs) i mean let's be real like gaming in general is just about being a hype beast that's that's a lot of what powers this hobby right Mm -hmm. you know is as soon as something comes out we're already thinking about the next three things that are going to come out like everything about what's next what's next what's next what's next very little very little about what's currently happening or what has happened which I think is actually largely to the detriment of the hobby as a gen- in in general. Yeah. Which, this is probably something we could explore in a, another discussion. But uh, so that's not something I think you necessarily are are uh, if if you are as you claim a hype beast, you are hardly alone and and hardly in the wrong for being so. Well, uh, and and I definitely am too. It's just that I think I'm a lot choosier about where I allow myself to, you know, get caught up in hype or in, or in cases like Monster Hunter, you know, just make my peace with things that I can't control, you know? So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I will say that I, um, I, I envy your mindfulness, um, and your, uh, patience and your resolve. You are like a, uh, you are like a gaming monk. And uh, I wish I could be more like you, um, but I'm still getting Monster Hunter Day One. You better believe. So, hey, listen. I, I hope to hear all about it. Oh, oh, you will hear all about it. You will. You will from I, I from multiple fronts. From multiple yeah, I know. fronts. Because uh, our good friend Dingus, shout out to Dingus, is going to you know talk about inject into veins. Like he is literally going to unite with that game. He's going to become one. They have yeah, that, he's, what was that? Oh man, what was that episode of Futurama where like when it's like it's like some extreme form of like robot sex where they basically like fuse their motherboards together? <laughs> I have not watched Futurama, so I can't speak to that episode. But oh man, it's such a good show. But yeah, like uh, that's bas- basically what's going to happen. Basically, like the computer system inside the ship falls in love with Bender and like tries to convince him to do this thing where you basically like plug into each other and like it's it's like very it's like Bender's like very unsettled by the idea like because I guess it's like uh it's like it's like this it's like a sexual encounter that you like can't recover from or something it's it's like very extreme um, but yeah, uh, Dingus is going to do that with Monster World. Yeah, he's like, I just imagine he's going to be sitting in his room, you know, like meditating, and then Monster is going to start, and he's just going, to, <laughs> like a white light will flash, and then there will be one. Yeah, he's, he's going to open his eyes, and there's just going to be these, like, white glowing things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
He will basically be in the Avatar state, but in Monster Hunter. Yes, yes, he is. He is our Monster Hunter Avatar. He will save us. So yes. All right. Well, um, that's about all the time that we have for uh, for for this uh, episode. If you want to hear uh, some thoughts on Monster Hunter World. Um, I will definitely be sharing them on the internet as well as uh, some screenshots on Instagram and stuff like that. So check us out on, on all the social media sites. We're on Twitter at Frog Snacks, on Instagram at Frog Snacks Podcast. Obviously, we're on, uh, we're on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. Check us out there. Um, I cannot get used to saying Apple Podcasts. I keep wanting to say iTunes. I, I, I will, the archivist in you again. I just can't. I'm, they used to be called iTunes, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I, Waving your can at the kids. I, I always stumble. I always stumble over Apple Podcasts. Just the, I don't know. It's freaking me out. But anyway, we're on Apple Podcasts. All of our episodes are there. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Check out our website, frogsnacks.net. And um, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you out on uh, at Monster Hunter. We'll see you next week. Later, everybody.